Welcome back to Victory Drive, and today we got a special guest for you guys. It's uh, my beautiful wife, Ashley. Hi, honey. Hi, how are you doing? I got that headphone plugged in, so that was weird. That's just whoopsie poopsie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, wife, Ashley. That's me. That's you. That's um, me. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> doing good. Glad to be uh, doing this finally. Yeah, finally. Like it's been super long. It's only been a few episodes now. So I just mean from the start of the idea of this podcast. Oh yeah. This is long awaited. It says we've been uh I don't know, not we've been talking about it for a little while mm-hmm. with Kurt and everyone, but even before that. Well yeah, even before that. Because we mm-hmm. did uh Jordan, me, Jordan and Jordan had a, our own podcast for a while and uh that didn't that ended. That was it was good. Fun. It was good while it lasted. I yeah. enjoyed listening to you guys. It was fun. It was fun. We just talked shit about it, yeah. about politics and stuff pretty much the whole time. I only so. understood about half of it, but I still enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> weird is what it was. Like, <laughs> politics are weird and it's kind of a drag yeah. you're talking about all the time. Yeah. I just didn't understand it half the time, but yeah. <laughs> the funny stuff was good. Yeah. Well, that's what you got to do. Just yeah. talk shit about yeah. everything all Those the time. Those are the best ones to listen to. <laughs> yeah. So, um... I guess we got a little bit to talk about today. Uh, we're going to, just going to ask you. So you are now a full fledged <laughs> part-time cop. I am. It's weird to say, but after kind of a long journey, I am a cop. Mm-hmm. After all those times you teasing me saying I was a cop when I really wasn't, yeah. I, I can say I am now. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we talked about it for a while before and initially I was like, hell no. <laughs> Hell no, you're not going to be a cop. That's yeah. just fucking dumb. Yeah. But, no, I wasn't super... I, I just didn't really think of it at the time. You, you approached it really nonchalantly at first. Well, and because when I first approached you, I didn't even know if I was serious, I think. So to give a little backtrack, I have been working in our sheriff's office jail for like three and a half years now. Probably pushing four here pretty close. But, and, uh, every year we have to go to a training down at the Iowa law enforcement Academy. And the first year you go to the Academy Academy for jail school, it's a 40 hour. So you're down there all week and it's a big group. And I came home after that. And I think that was the very first time I ever brought up anything. And it was, it was just a little grapeseed in my mind at that point too. And you kind of shut it down and I kind of was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was just a thought. Yeah. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> And then from there, things took off and a lot has changed. Mm-hmm. So from there, I, that was just initially a thought. And then when you approached me the second time about it, you're a little more serious. serious about it. So I remember specifically at that first training I was at for jail school, I had three, it was a big class. There was probably at least 50 people there from all different counties in Iowa. And we had three guys that sat behind us in class I think they're from Johnson County, but, and they, they didn't know it, but they were very impressionable on me. Um, one was a deputy. I think he had been a deputy for like 15 plus years and he was having to go to this training, um, kind of just to check off boxes. He was kind of pissed off to be there. You know, he's a veteran cop. He's been doing this shit. Doesn't even work in the jail, but he had to go to it. And then there was another guy from his department who had just finished the academy. He had been working in his jail for, I don't know how long. And got hired on as a sheriff's deputy and just finished the Iowa Law Enforcement Academy training 
and was having to go to jail school. And then the the third guy, also from their county, had just got hired to be a sheriff's deputy, but hadn't gone to the academy yet. So um, it was a, it was kind of a a good range of of people to talk to about it, experiences. One who was just getting into it, one who's kind of finishing up the training from it and about to go on the road, and one who's done it for a long time. And so during breaks, um, I remember talking to them quite a bit and just perked up my ears quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And so um, came home and I'm like, man, what do you think about this? And like I said, I wasn't even sure. Working in the jail um, was something I never even saw myself doing. Um, I have a friend who I went to college with. She had approached me one time and she's like, hey, um, you know, I work at the jail and Osage now and we're hiring fill-ins, you know, PRN work. Is this, is that anything you'd be interested in? And I was like, nope, I have no interest in babysitting a bunch of adult people, you know, doing stuff. And she's like, okay, well, I just thought I'd ask, you know, it's good pay. And I know you like to stay busy. And then I think it was close to a year after that. She asked me again, she's like, Hey, just throwing it out there. We're hiring for this again. I think you'd be really good at it. Um, you know, it's as little or as much as you want to do because it's PRN work. You know, the pay's pretty good. We've we've had some pay increases. And at that point in my life, I was like, you know, I could I could probably <laughs> fill in the schedule even a little more, pack that on. What were you doing? What were you doing to get me for that? So Is at that, that when you're doing your cleaning shit? No, at that oh. point, that was right after mom and I had opened the store. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I think we had had the store open for a year and um, we were kind of getting to a point where mom was ready to take it over more on her own mm-hmm. and she didn't need me as much. And I was kind of, yeah, it just, it perked my interest at that point. And so then I started in the jail and then, yeah, everything kind of took off from there. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and obviously so you started working in the jail. Yep. Started working in the jail, went to jail school. I had a year to complete it. So I think it was like six months in is when I went and did that training. And then of course, um, the department itself, um, our sheriff's deputies that we have, and even the PD guys, um, they're in and out of the office all the time, especially working overnights. Um, we don't have the busiest County. We're not a big city. So, um, they'll be in, we'll shoot the shit. And I would just listen. Um, I did a lot of listening to what they, what they encountered, what they'd help with, um, and just kind of a day-to-day basis, what they did as deputies or cops or, you know, the PD guys, just, just listening to that. And it just always seemed exciting, even if it wasn't that exciting. You know, if you got a, they'd get a hot medical call to, you know, somebody, somebody's house and they were maybe the first one on scene before the paramedics got there and how they helped in that way. Um, all those things that people don't typically think about when they think of cops, that's what really piqued my interest. And then let's see, I was probably in the jail two years and we have um, a pretty small department, tight knit group, good, solid group of guys um, and deputies. And one, because we we already had Justin on here. So yeah. So Justin is, everyone kind of knows now how our department rolls around here. So a full-time spot came open, a full-time sheriff's deputy spot. And that doesn't happen very often. Um, we have a really good, solid department. Um, pe- we don't have a revolving door. Um, and when those opportunities do come open, whether it's you know retirement or somebody moves or something like that where somebody leaves, the applicant pool for the department is, is large. Yeah. And so it was actually Jackson, one of the other deputies, um, he approached me and 
I was working in the jail and he's like, you should apply for that spot. I laughed at him and I'm like, cause well, mainly the reason why it was comedic is because we hadn't talked about it since that one time. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, a year before that. And the PT test was like two and a half, three weeks from that date. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and he told me, he's like, no, I'm serious. I really think you should apply for it. I think you should consider it. I think you'd be good at it. You know, you're um, a good communicator. And he kind of helped me realize that I had something to offer. Um, even though I'm not, I'm not tall. I'm not big. I'm not muscular. I'm not a big, strong female. Um, he, the, well, yeah, you're, you're a, not only just, a, you're not only a female, but you're a, a small statured yes. female. You're not, not your typical fucking large and in charge and ready to rock. In our department, I mean, so there is no females in our department hmm. and there never had been. So yeah, I kind of laughed at him and I'm like, the PT test first off is in like, you know, two and a half, three weeks. Like I can't run. I can't barely do a push up. I can't, I can't pass it. And he's like, well, I'm just saying, if you can get it together, I think you should apply. So then I talked with Justin some and really got the encouragement from several people in the department that, yeah, go try for it. So I came home and we had a long talk and I, that's when I approached you seriously that I at least wanted to put my, my hat. What's the saying? Put my, put your name in the hat, put my name in the hat. That's what I wanted to do. And you realized that it was something I truly mm-hmm. wanted. It wasn't just a thought. Well, that's something that too, after we talked about after that, you came up and you approached me and we were talking about it. I still don't, didn't love the idea, you know, yeah. but realizing that that's something that's a goal of yours that you really want to achieve now. And that's the thing with goals. They can, they're always changing. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're ch- constantly changing your goals, then it means you're constantly pushing yourself. So it's nice. It's nice to see that you had a new goal. Um, didn't love the idea of being a cop and out there and yeah. everything else, obviously. But uh, it was, I don't know, it was, we were talking about it and you we were talking about it and you said that you want to do it. And I was like, well, if you're going to do it, you got to take it. 100% seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't a fucking game. Like, this is... Like, you're, you could be in t- potentially very dangerous positions. So, I was like, well, if you're going to do it, then you got to take it really seriously. Put your 100% effort into this and give it your all kind of thing. And if you're not willing to do that, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even working in the jail, that, that was a complete change of environment that I had ever worked in. I mean, that comes with its own set of dangers. And I liked it. <laughs> I did. I'm, you know, I've been labeled as an adrenaline junkie before, but, um, so yeah. And it telling the story, it sounds like it all happened kind of fast, but I really, I spent a long time thinking about it before I brought it up to you. I think at least a couple of days, just, it was constantly on my mind. And, uh, so we had that talk. You told me, yeah, if you, I, I'll support you, if you give it your all and you're, you're serious about it. And I was very grateful for that. And so then for the next two and a half weeks, I annihilated my body. I did everything I possibly could to prepare myself for the PT test coming from somebody who is not a very physical, like athletic person. I didn't run track. So you've never been an athlete. No, I didn't even do sports in high school. Um, I was you homeschooled prior to high school. So started smoking cigarettes when you're 12. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's just, I, the, the lead up to this was not ideal whatsoever. And so I'm like, well, I know what the test involves. I got to run a mile and a half. And I think for the female standard, it was 15 minutes. Uh, male standard was 13 minutes. Um, I had to be able to do how many push-ups? I think 15. 
which I say it now like, oh, no problem. But then that was quite a mountain to climb. And then 32 sit-ups in a minute. And so I think it was the first day. I'm like, okay, I just need to try this and see where I'm at. Ran the mile and a half. Thought that I was going to fucking die. I have never. And you ran it with me. Or Mm. Yeah, I think you ran it with me. Yeah, we went to the CRC. And I thought I was at 20 minutes. I thought that I was going to throw up. I thought I, I mean, it was just so brutal. And I actually was right at my time. I was passing. Yeah. I was Mm -hmm. like, holy shit. Okay. Achievable. I can get this time down. Um, then we went to pushups and I could struggle out one really shitty put up push up. Mm -hmm. And so I had to get that up and then sit ups. I would get to about 15 or 17 and I was, I was struggling at that point. So we, uh, 17 was your wall. Like yep. had, that was a hard. I'd, wall I'd hit past. that, and you hit that, and you're just like fuck. And then it's like one mm-hmm. sit up every I don't know three or four seconds. You're, yeah, you're which isn't fast at that time. So a couple weeks went by. I have never been so sore in all my life. I remember. So I had a job at a bank. Um, I did accounts and loans, and I had a fucking desk job that I was very thankful for at the time, but it wasn't for me. Um, and I knew that going in, but. I was reminded very quickly once I started getting into it that this is not the type of job for me. I'm not a desk job person. And so I remember every time I went to the bathroom, we had our own little private bathroom there. It wasn't stalls or anything. I would, I would do pushups every time I went to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I was just, I would put a toilet paper roll on the floor and I knew my chest needed to hit that toilet paper roll. And if I could struggle out three, I would do three every time I went to the bathroom. And I drink a lot of water, so I go pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. And so I was just, trying to get my body to where it needed to be. And I was, I was getting there. Um, we were making some good progress and you're doing the girl's bathroom. So you're, yeah, it was pretty not, clean. It's not like, yeah, it's not like you're sitting there putting no. your hands down in a puddle of piss. No, no. some dude just fucking, no, I didn't work at Walmart. Place. It wasn't in the freaking like Walmart bathroom, yeah. freaking pushing them out. No, Nasty. It was, it, but I really was dedicated. You know, I was really like, I don't want to go out there. I didn't want to embarrass myself. If I was going to go for it, I wanted to give it my all. I wish I would have had more time, but I knew that, I knew I could do it. So PT test day came and I was doing everything the way I needed to, except for my sit-ups. I was still struggling with those, um, getting that many out in one minute. I think you passed it once or once twice. in the, in once the, twice, in the yeah. two and a half in weeks we were training. Yeah. yeah. I was, I knew I could do it. Yeah. You passed it like once or twice and then you were like, well, as long as you're feeling good like that, mm-hmm. then you'll be fine. Yeah. And, uh, PT test day came. I was so scared. I was so nervous. I don't think I've ever been that nervous for anything. Even, I mean, it, public speaking freaks me out. I mean, it was a whole different level of that. I was so just ready to do it. And I was so nervous and I, it was an early morning PT test. I said bye to Jacob and went on my way and hope for the best. And, uh, did my push-ups, banged them out there. I was like, solid. This is this is going good. Sick. I'm going to so the way, get this shit. No yeah. Problem. The way the test goes is you do push-ups, sit-ups, you run. If you fail one of them, you don't do the rest. You're, you're just done. Yep. You have to pass all three. Banged out my push-ups. I was like, fuck yeah. Get to the sit-ups. I'm sitting there, banging them out. And I just, yeah, I think I got to around 20-some. And I just started locking up. And I panicked. And I... So you keep have to keep your hands, you know, behind, you don't have to keep them behind your head, but they have to be on your head. They've got some weird You're standards. Your head or yes. Like that, it? So I I locked up. 
I panicked. I was like, fuck, no, I'm not about to feel this right now. My arms came out from under my head. I was pushing myself up. If you do that, they don't count. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a hot mess. And, and I, I failed them. I failed my sit-ups on that. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I, was, I was pissed. I was so mad. And so one of the guys came up to me. And, you know, he was, he was sad. You know, he's like, damn, you know, that sucks. I was like, like fuck your clothes. Yeah. And he told me, he's like, go ahead and do the run. Just go run. Like your test is over, but go do the run. So I did, I went and did the run and I, I was pissed off. So it helped. My run was solid, but we were getting ready to leave. And, uh, one of the guys had told me you should apply for reserves. And I didn't know what it was at that point. Really? I was like, what? And I, and I wasn't thinking I was in such a mindset of like, I failed, but I was trying to keep a happy face. You know, I was happy for the guys that passed. Um, one of them was possibly going to be one of the new deputies. And so I was, you know, trying to stay in good spirits. And so we were walking off the track and I think we were just kind of shooting the shit. And he mentioned reserves and there you were sitting in the parking lot. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Jacob's here. Damn, I'm gonna well, end up. Go. Well, and right? I was like, I've been pouring my, my heart and soul. Thought- into, I've been pouring my heart and soul into this shit too. Yeah, you were there with me every day training, and I remember just thinking, like, I can't fucking cry in front of the department. <laughs> and uh, you were looking at me because, and you well, know, yeah. So my side of the story is, yeah, I was driving you around. Yeah, you told me before, like, okay, goes push up, sit up, you got to do it all. Yep. You got, you know, if you fail your sit ups, then you're just done, right? Mm-hmm. I drive by. I see you running. I'm like, oh, sick. Yeah. She's got this. Because she's past her run every time. She's good. So I pull in the parking lot waiting for the good news. And yeah, so we walk off and you're you're all smiles ear to ear. And yeah, I walk up and I'm just kind of like shaking my head no. And you're like, what? I'm like, And I think you knew like, we no can't problem. talk about this right now. So drove home and I had a pity party for myself and sulked about it for a couple of days. Ate some ice cream. Yeah. I yeah. I didn't run for a couple of days because I was so sick of it. And Got your period. Well. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happens. It was just, it was not a great time. And, but I wasn't going to be like, well, I failed it. I guess I can't do this. I was just like, I just needed a little longer training. Mm-hmm. You know, I still gave myself props because I couldn't do a fucking push up at the beginning of that. And after a couple of weeks, you know, I was banging them out and I could do as many as the guys were on their test. So I then went to our sheriff, um, asked about the reserve program that we do. And, um, that started that journey. Our reserves are at our department are quite different from most, most reserve officers, at least in the state of Iowa, it's, it's volunteer. Like, I say, yeah. It's, it's yeah. you know, you hear the dollar a year. Um, and what, and they, it's great to have it's dollar for, year. What do you mean by that? So that's a big saying that. with the reserves because they're actually required, I think to pay you a dollar a year, but not a penny more. It's a volunteer position. But so a lot of people that the they department have to pay you a dollar, you know, I'm pretty, I'm questioning myself a little bit. That's the saying a dollar a year. It's like, Oh, yep. Does your department pay for reserves? Nope. Just a dollar a year. I, hmm. It's volunteer. So interesting, but the people that do those, um, spots, they, you know, they're, they're very useful when the towns have big gatherings, fairs, um, big, you know, if, if there's concerts in the area and they just need more security, you know, parades, um, maybe there's a big funeral, um, Mm -hmm. going on those that's where reserves are usually used. Our department, 
um, you're a fill-in, you're a PRN. You you are um, taking place of the full-time deputies when they're away, yeah, whether it's vacation. So you're a fully flocked cop. Just yep, they, be, you just can't. You, there's certain things you just can't do. There's but one thing one, I can't okay, do. One thing. OWIs. Um, they don't send you through the OWI training. Um, I, can, I don't really know why. But you can sniff out weed. Yep. I've already had two arrests. I had a yeah. I had a felony narcotic amount arrest, and um, yeah. So we can't we tell dr- if someone's drunk. I mean, you can't you can't pursue it. Yeah, you have to call in another officer. You can do everything leading up to it, but you know when you have an, when you when somebody gets an OWI, there's a couple tests that have to be done. One of them being um, the actual breathalyzer you do back at the police station, and it's called the Data Master. You have to go to a whole separate training to be able to operate that equipment. They don't send us to that. Uh-huh. And then also, you know, the eyes test and walk in the line, all the um, all of those tests, you have to go to a special training first. We don't get sent to that. It's just kind of, I don't know why that's the one thing, but everything else, you know, we, uh, I had to complete all the firearms training. I had, I, I, I drive alone, um, everything else, it's, it's full fledged without going to the academy. Yeah. That's so, fucking sick. Yeah. That's cool. What's uh so what, throughout all the training that you've been doing. So you got to go through a bunch of modules and shit yeah. in some college. So you don't go, have well, to go a, a, a nearby college. Yeah. Offered it. So in Iowa, we have the Iowa Law Enforcement Academy. That's where the majority of all officers go through when they're hired full time. Um it's a 16-week academy program. Um, we also here though, um, it's about an hour and a half away. We have a community college that they have their own academy. It's that academy though is coupled with a two year degree. So it's not where the majority of officers go when they get hired somewhere, but that college that does that, um, they are one of, there's other colleges that do it, but they, they have the, the training that reserve officers have to go through. They're called reserve modules. And so that's where we decided I was going to do my training. Um, it was one week in a month. We'd go down there, a couple days of classes. Um, we had a couple workshops. We had a driving workshop. We did a defensive tactics one. And it was all basically classroom training, though. Um, and then the rest of it, I relied on the department and the guys there. And they have done an outstanding job and continue to. I couldn't have done it without them and all the things I've learned from you. And, um, yeah, I... I just got cleared this last week. Hell yeah! To um, they cut the cord, and I'm cut officially I'm officially on my own. I had to do it was a little over 200 hours um, with a field training officer in our department, um, where I was I was either riding with them or they were riding with me, and I needed to complete several several things: all the reserve modules, firearms training, taser training. I had to complete all these things. And have some experiences under my belt before I was cleared by our sheriff to um, be officially on my own. And I got that okay this past week, so I'm pretty excited. Nice. Tomorrow's my first shift on my own, and I can put whatever I want on the radio. I don't have to worry about how fast my windshield wipers are running because the guys that always ride with me, you know, we've all got our quirks. Now you're a full-on fucking coparoni. I am. As Jordan would call you. The carrot cop. The carrot cop. <laughs> I forgot about that since Some the night we talked cop. about it. <laughs> Go to the carrot cop. Oh, because uh, you, you know, clearly. Right I have here. strawberry blonde hair. Yeah, I'm often called blonde, but every now yeah. and then somebody now likes and then. to 
throw out the redhead. It's pretty close. Jokes. It's fucking sometimes you it mostly, looks but looks pretty. Right now? No, no, I'm just saying. Well, oh. Sometimes it changes. In the winter, it gets. Yeah, the, winter, the summer, it, the sun helps it out. The winter, your gingerness really starts oh. pulling through. It does. You lose the sun, and that's what. That's what the thing is with a lot of redheads is that they they can't really go in the sun because they they're soulless kind of thing. So it's you better watch it. It burns them really bad. <laughs> and that's why I'm not a ginger because yeah, no, I get very ginger, tan in the summer. You got you, you, yeah. Yeah, you got, I connect you got all the, the freckles. Genes, yeah, you got the jeans. I got sure. some jeans in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's your what was your favorite part about like the whole training and stuff? Whew. The, the working out, the shooting, the what, the DT. You know, it's I've got a I've got a guys call it. I got a preface. This is the hardest thing I've ever done, hands down. Um, I didn't come from a military background. I didn't go through the Iowa law enforcement Academy and have 16 weeks of vigorous training where that's all my attention was focused on was learning these things. Um, go to college for it either. I didn't go to college for it. This, I had to put a lot of skin in the game and this was a lot of, um, spending my nights, you know, weekends, whatever it was, whether I was really trying to, you know, get my physical agility up to par, whether it was, um, out on the range with the firearms and every single aspect of this job, I basically started from zero. Um, you know, I, I wasn't physical. So then I had to figure that out. That was the easiest because that one, you just really, I mean, you just go to the gym and you fucking do the work it, that one, that was honestly the easiest part to get figured out. Um, firearms was definitely the most challenging, but I would say that one has probably been the funnest. Um, obviously, you know, you've, you're a big gun guy and I was embarrassed at the fact that we had, you know, so many firearms in the house and I was still scared of them. I didn't want to pick one up. You know, we'd go out to the range. I'd pop a couple off and I'd be like, ugh, here. Yeah. You'd you'd come out, you'd come out with us. It's not like you didn't like guns you just didn't, you just didn't, didn't have any them. you didn't have any familiarization no. with them before so we'd go out to the range like jordan and i and stuff we'd all get together and do that and be like, hey honey why don't you come shoot this gun you're like okay you shoot like once or twice like, that's i'm cool. good that's fun that's fun because i didn't have a lot a of fun cool great yeah i didn't have a huge interest I, I I knew I always wanted to get into it, but I never had anything pressing me. Yeah. You've always kind of talked I, about it. I just it. wanted to sit in a lawn chair and drink beer and watch you guys shoot. Yeah. You've always kind of talked about it, but you never never really f- went through with actually mm-hmm. getting out there and doing the training. Yeah. So getting myself familiarized and with good passing scores um, for pistol, rifle, shotgun... Um, that was definitely very challenging. You spent many, many hours out on the range with me. Um, some of the other deputies, our firearms instructor, we've spent a lot of time in the range and it's still a work in progress. Um, I'm still learning a lot. Um, my pistol game has came leaps and bounds. Oh yeah. Um, as far as rifle and shotgun, it's, I'm, I'm still learning a lot and trying to get to a place, you know, hit some goals there. A lot of people don't think about it, but, um, so you have. As a cop, you got your primary, which is actually your handgun. Yes. Your second, I don't know, you could go, you could I don't call know, it you secondary want to say or tertiary, but you got, uh, your primary is your handgun as yes. a cop. And then you have your rifle. rifle and your shotgun. And 
shotguns are the most popular firearms because you know they're the most versatile. You can hunt, mm-hmm. you know, everything from birds, small game to deer to elk, to whatever, whatever the hell you want. You can hunt everything with a shotgun. If all you have is a shotgun with a slug barrel, even if you don't have a slug barrel, but that's you can do whatever you want with a shotgun. Do anything with it. But honestly, they are out of those three, especially they're the hardest to wield. I think because mm-hmm. they're heavy. They kick yeah. a lot. It's a 12 gauge shotgun. Yeah. You're shooting slugs and double out buck out of it. So it's like that does, that would be tough, honestly, for someone that's small satured and everything. You know, I'm five, four. Yeah. You don't have, you don't have a whole lot of experience with guns and stuff too. Yeah. So I think my personal opinion, I started out with a shotgun, so I'm very, very comfortable with shotguns, mm-hmm. but, uh, that's a, that would be a tough one to figure out. Honestly, that your handgun and your rifle, it's a AR platform mm-hmm. five shooting five, five, six. So you're not, yeah, it doesn't have a whole lot of recoil. No, you don't have a whole lot of recoil to manage on that thing. And I enjoy shooting rifle. I never thought I would as much as I do. But so for our, I mean, there's tests that we have to pass our firearms tests, and we test on these semi annually, and um, it's all different courses. And so they're timed. Um, you know, you have to have a pass and score based on precision. Um, you know, there's different drills for how many yards back. Um, for pistols, we go up to 25 yards. Um, do some different, you know, prone, kneeling, standing. We do night shooting. Um, we sometimes do some friendly competition shooting where we go past 25 yards. But for the testing, um, not only just trying to learn how to be precise with the the handgun and with my pistol, but doing it, you know, by while being timed. There was just so many learning components that came in all at once. And I was really trying, and this is while also trying to learn Everything else that comes to being a cop, learning my 10 codes, learning radio talk, all these things that they teach you in the academy. Yes. Making sure you're not out there doing illegal shit, you know, and you don't even know it where you're going to end up in court and, uh, you know, making sure you're being safe about things. Um, You know, I can't, I can't brag enough about the department that I work for and the guys that um, have mentored me and been there and helped me learn all these things. But, you know, it wasn't like when you go to the Iowa Law Enforcement Academy and they start you week one, you're going to learn this week two. And you go through 16 weeks mm-hmm. where it's structured. Um, you know, I was still working full time um, at our job. You know, we have our family. There was just so much going on. So it, it was definitely this this last couple of years has been some of the most challenging times. But it's something that I have realized that I'm passionate about and I've never felt that way about a job. And so that's helped a lot. Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, support at home. It's all, yeah. (laughs) You've been absolutely wonderful. And I know I've had, you know, there's some stressful days where I'm, I know I'm not fun to be around because of a test coming up or I'm, I went out to the range today and I shot like shit and I can't get this figured out. It's like, yeah. There's only been a, there's only been a a couple of times where I, I'd be like, all right, you just want to do this shit on your own (laughs) or what? Do you want my help or not? And you'd be like, yes, I do, but. I'm fucking pissed. Yeah. All right. I suck. I suck right now. Yeah. But, no, it's it. It's been a lot of fun because I I fucker. I'm I obviously I really enjoy shooting and training mm-hmm. and doing that kind of st- that that stuff. So it's really fun to do that with you and train and help help train you in whatever way I can and, every, and all that, which has been great. But it's also like you now you kind of understand too where. Maybe before, like when I'm, if I'm buying rounds and want to go to the range yeah. and shoot, he was like, fuck. How much did you spend? That's expensive. You spend why a- do you need a thousand rounds yeah. in the safe? Right. Why'd you, why'd you spend fucking $200 at Fleet Farm? Yeah. Well, because I wanted to buy ammo. Now, I'm, now I'm spending all the money yeah. on ammo. <laughs> Which is great. 
Yeah. But now it's kind of, it's pretty fun because now we get to that's something that we get to do, do together, do together yeah. and it's a lot of fun. And I don't know. It's it's been it's been a lot. It's been a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, but, it uh, has. It's also one of those things where you really got to focus on it because you do have a lot of you have a lot to figure out in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, balancing. You know, I couldn't just hyper focus on one thing. Um, it was, you know, I'm and I'm still I I'm still constantly learning stuff. And like I said, everything about this job I started at ground zero. I didn't have any previous. You know, I'd come home and talk to you, be like, okay, I had a defensive tactics you know, training today. And you knew everything that I was bringing up because you've gone through all that with the army and you were, you know, a instructor and everything else for DT. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. been fun coming home and we call it combatives, but yeah, it's yes. basically, basically ground fighting, jujitsu yeah. type shit. But, and, but that's the thing too, you're trying to cram years worth of knowledge and experience into, you know, a, a year basically. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah. take, it takes years to get good at that stuff. Mm-hmm. It takes years to get really, really proficient with a handgun. It takes mm-hmm. years to get really, really, really proficient with a rifle. It takes years to get really proficient with a shotgun. You know, it's mm-hmm. like if you don't start young and yeah. do that stuff and get really familiar with it, and half of it is being just being familiar with it. Mm-hmm. That's half the battle right there. Yeah. And you starting as a adult and being like, well... Now I gotta get. Yeah, good. now I need to become an to be expert at this. I have to be, I have to be at least at minimum proficient in handgun, rifle, shotgun, hand to hand combat, and then also on top of that, you gotta Tasers. know case law, yeah. all that shit. Tasers, whatever. You don't have to be. There's a lot of buttons on that thing. Yeah. All right, you well, gotta learn them. Yeah, but you're just shocking <laughs> someone, you know. But uh, it's one of those things. There's a lot of shit that you're trying to learn and become proficient in. Within just a year's time. Yeah. It takes a lot year of work. And a half, a lot but, of, yeah, year and a half. And I, I, have, a, I have a perfectionist type um, mentality too, so... Which sucks sometimes. Yeah. No, it does. Because um, then you get all frustrated. You're like, I, yes. I, I fucking suck at this. Like, you're doing a lot better than you were last time. But it's but not I good suck. enough. Yeah, right at that moment... Yeah. I know, I know I've improved and I know what I've accomplished thus far, but in that moment, I'm like, this is not where I need to be. Mm-hmm. This is not where I should be. I've shot better than this before what the fuck is going on. And the hardest thing with firearms is I'm still so new and I've come leaps and bounds and I'm a pretty good shot now, um, especially with pistol. But when I do have an off day, I, I can't always pinpoint what it is. Like that's where the lack of experience pisses me off even more Mm -hmm. because you know, with most things, if you fuck up, you know, you're like, well, I did this wrong. You know, when it comes to shooting and firearms, you know, I learned all about the fundamentals and if you're not focused on those and you, especially, you know, out on the range where we're timed, you know, it's just go, 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 get into your positions and Mm -hmm. then switch, you know, all this and that. And then you go and you look at your target afterwards and you're like, what the fuck? Like your spread's huge or you threw some and you're trying to think back where you did that at. And it's like that, that's always what gets me because, you know. I, I like to be consistent when I'm good at something. And so whenever I have that inconsistency, yeah, it's, it's pretty frustrating. Mm-hmm. I heard this, um, Mark Drury said this before, and I think he heard it from someone else. Uh, but this is a good saying. You gotta be able to slow the game down when you're doing that stuff. When mm-hmm. you're timed, yeah. the pressure's high. You have to be able to slow the game down in your own head. Mm-hmm. Like whatever's going on around you is still going to be going fast paced, but you need to be able to slow the game down and be able to focus and focus. Focus on putting, like, uh, 
executing a good shot, yeah. whether it's archery or guns or whatever. It's all the same concept where you're, you need to focus no matter what else is going on. Your only focus is executing a good shot and with hand, with guns, shooting, whether it's handgun or rifle or shotgun or whatever it is, it's consistency. Mm-hmm. You gotta be able to do the same thing over and over and over again. And if you can't do, if you do one thing and you're like, Oh, well that, that hit the bullseye. Mm-hmm. Okay, but was it consistent? Can you consistently do that same yeah. thing over and over and over again? Whether you're standing, laying down, running, yep. running backwards, yep. you know, nighttime with your flashlight. If you can't, if you can't do it consistently yeah. and with the same form and everything, then you're 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 not going to be a good shot. You're going to be incon- you're going to be inconsistent because you can't consistently do that execute that well placed shot. Mm-hmm. And one thing I will say though is how enjoy I think that's why I have to say firearms has been my favorite because with all the learning curves and the frustration, you know, hot days out on the range and, you know, really, really dealing with trial and error and then seeing progress and watching my scores go up, up and up. And then, you know, going out and doing our qualification course and, you know, getting a really good score on it, getting that confidence has built my confidence in, talking to like our friends' wives about it because two years ago, you know, I was uncomfortable around any firearms. I don't, I would not have been comfortable left alone, like to do anything with it. You know, I knew, like I knew this stuff. I knew that if anyone ever hands you a gun, you're supposed to check it. I didn't know how to do that. And I was, right. and I even, I just usually didn't want to figure it out. I was like, it's fine, whatever. But then once I had to learn all these things and become proficient with it, um, you know, one of, one of our good friends, um, Matt's wife, Lexi, I got to sit down with her one night and I just got my pistol out. Cause she, she has the same, um, interest in it. She's like, I, I want to know more about guns. I want to be able to protect myself and my kids and everything like that. But yeah, I just, everybody already knows so much about guns. And I think that's a feeling that a lot of females have is they're embarrassed to ask, or they don't want to be like, Oh, I'm scared and stuff. But it, that's the reality of it. You're not familiar. You didn't grow up going out with your dad or anything and getting shotguns. You're not familiar just with the basics of how a firearm works mm-hmm. at all. And so starting that from ground zero, you know, you always feel kind of dumb. And so it's not, it's not necessarily just females. It's just whenever you're an adult, honestly. Yeah. whether you're an adult male or adult female. Yeah. Um, it sucks. It does suck. It's a, like, I don't know. He had to really, uh, break like break that ego down and be mm-hmm. like, okay, talk to me like know. I'm a fucking baby, all right? Yeah, talk to me like a fucking kid and teach me everything from mm-hmm. ground zero, like I'm a child. And it's like you're not you're not a child, but you have to treat it like that to a certain extent. Yes. I'm not going to talk to you like, good job, Ashley, you're doing so well. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, hey, yeah. this is a Glock 17, yeah, or a Glock 19. This is how you eject a mag. You know that stuff. All the very very quote unquote simple things Mm -hmm. that everyone that's been shooting firearms for at least, you know, the majority of lives or whatever else, they know that all that stuff. I didn't, I remember know any of it. I remember not knowing nothing, what ejecting a mag was. I'm like, hang on, stop. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't too ashamed to like, be like, I back it up even more. Like, I don't know anything about this. You weren't too ashamed to ask because you knew you had to learn it. If you didn't learn it, then you're not going to achieve your fucking yeah. dreams of being a cop. Yeah. So you had to, you had to accept the fact that, okay, I'm going to ask some dumbass fucking questions. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, but if you, you didn't ever ask those questions before. No. 
You never asked him once before because I had an, I was, you didn't want to fucking look stupid. Exactly. And especially usually when you're in a situation to even ask those questions where you're going to go shoot, you're around a bunch of people that shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little fucking embarrassing. You're like, ah, eh. I, and you don't feel the need for it. It's like, yeah. I have an interest later when I'm on my own, I'll one day I'll freaking go down a YouTube rabbit hole and I'll watch some videos and I'll, I'll that's let them the worst, teach though. me. Yes. But that's, that's the thoughts I know that I had that some other females had that I've talked to about it. So yeah, like that night with Lexi, I just took her off on my own and I was like, let me just show you like two things. Let me just show you how to check a gun. If it's loaded, if somebody hands you one and I think that's all we did and we just did it over and over. And so, and that was all new to her. You know, she's watched people do it, but actually getting it in your hands, doing it in a safe manner, you know, and then even that booster confidence, like, yeah, I really want to go out to the range and like, you know, maybe you can come out and show me some stuff and start from ground zero. Cause you know, she trusts her husband and everything and she knows he would be happy to teach her, but it's just, yeah, you get kind of embarrassed to ask those questions and, um, people who have handled these firearms for the majority of their life, whether it be just recreationally with hunting or, you know, more military background, you, they, they, they rattle off stuff without even knowing that they're rattling off. Cause they, they just forget that so much of that isn't familiar to everybody. Yep. There's been, I mean, I, I certainly did that to you a few times. That's why you know, I always reiterate, you know, it's like, Hey, stop me. Mm-hmm. Ask questions, mm-hmm. ask all the dumbass fucking questions that you want, because you know, it's, you're never going to learn it if you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. And you know, that saying there's no such thing as a stupid question. I mean, there is such thing as stupid questions, but when it comes to like guns and gun safety and stuff, yeah. when it comes to stuff like that, there really is no dumb question. Cause if you don't know, then somebody's going to, you're going to hurt. Yeah. It's just bad. Hey, we had to go all the way down. I got something like, okay, so you wrecked the side. What the fuck? What do you mean by that? Yeah. Okay. Pull the slide back. What parts of the slide? Yeah. Okay, like this I, top part is yeah. the slide. You know, yeah. We had to break it down break all the way down, the way down to nothing. The, the anatomy of a handgun, what all of the parts do and what they mean mm-hmm. and all that stuff, which was honestly like, I don't know, kind of fun. It's like, oh, this is fun. And <laughs> yeah. they were like, I've never worked with someone that has such, like, don't take this wrong way, but has such little knowledge, yeah. had, such, had such little knowledge of handgun or Weapons. I was a blank slate for you to teach. I didn't. I didn't come in with any bad habits. Yeah. I didn't come in with an ego. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know anything. <laughs> teach yep. me your ways. That was one thing too. I'm like, okay, this is going to be hard for you, but you have to listen to me. <laughs> Whatever. <So. laughs> it was. Great. You're you a great argue teacher. With me, you know. So that's the one. That's the hardest thing when you're teaching someone about stuff is when they want to argue with you. It's like, motherfucker, don't mm-hmm. listen. Then. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you did that, but I, was saying, I don't I've think had, I argued with you at all. Not a little bit, but um, <laughs> there's. I've, it's, you see that more with guys, mm-hmm. honestly, like when I, was, when, I was, when I was in the army, I ran a few ranges, especially like when it came to zero ranges and stuff at the M4 qual range and there'd be guys that come in and they're like, they're, they're trying to zero their M4 we zero at 25 yards and fucking they're two, two, two. And their groups are like at 25 yards, the groups are, I don't know, fucking two inches. They go, all right, I'm ready to go. The fuck you are. <laughs> you realize like you have to shoot 300 yards. Yeah. You shoot 300 meter targets and hit, be able to hit it. You're not ready to go, dude. You're, you have two inch fucking groups at 25 yards. Your group should be touching mm-hmm. at 25 yards. It should be, it should honestly look like one hole at 25 yards. So yeah. let's work on your fundamentals. He's like, I know what the fuck I'm doing. All right, dude. I realize that you're an NCO and I'm a specialist, but, but you're a poke. I was in between four. <laughs> 
So um, let's just not argue because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. And you're going to barely pass if you pass, motherfucker. Couldn't say that. So you just have to be like, all right, well, good luck to you, Sergeant. See you later. And then he comes back through the zero range because he failed. Oh, shit. Like, hmm. Well, maybe hmm. she'll listen. Weird. Yeah. You fucking idiot. I would say the only – and it – I wouldn't, I will give you so much credit. I wouldn't have passed my firearms if it wouldn't have been for you because I would go out with, um, other people and they were of course helpful and they, but everybody would come at me with, you know, ideas and different things. And so one that I have small hands, um, we did try out, um, me shooting a 45 first. It was atrocious. It wasn't good. It was so big for my hands. And so then we decided a nine would be better. So I ended up getting a Glock and. Uh, well, not just a nine, but we were shooting my Glock 19. And, and I liked we, it. You liked it. And it was one thing we talked about where it's like, you need to talk to the sheriff and be like, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a small female. Yep. This is what I need because those other yep. handguns aren't going to fit. Yep. So going out there and training and failing and, you know, just figuring out what I needed to work on and then be able to come home and talk to you about it. Be like, okay, well, let's go out tomorrow and we'll try these things. And obviously, you're my husband, so I'm way more comfortable and less self-conscious around you. And not only, you know, was it it's not it's intimidating going out with a department of sheriff's deputies yeah. to, you know, do a qual course when they've been shooting. They've gone through the academy, they've done, you know, dozens however do. many of these courses. It's it's just mm-hmm. another day fun out there fun shooting. And that was one thing you told me, you're like, you know, shooting is fun. See, when you go out and do these qualification courses, you know, make sure you're having fun while you're doing it. Yes. It's times. And that's where a lot of people, including myself, um, tend to fuck up when they usually wouldn't, when you're just out there on the course training. Cause as soon as you set a timer, you're like, Oh fuck. Then you start throwing shots and your groups get bigger and bigger. And, uh, so being able to come home and be like, okay, this is what I need to work on. And then, you know, us going out to the range and just being able to talk through you and you know me and I know yeah. you. And that was just so helpful and yeah. got me to where I am right now. And I keep getting better. So the biggest thing with yeah, shooting, shooting you soon. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> uh, the biggest thing with, uh, shooting is fundamentals. You yes. know, like we've said that a million times. It's mm-hmm. very, very fucking annoying when you've heard it a million times by a boatload of different people. But it's true. It's true. It's true. Absolutely. Especially as you get more confident. Even I have to go back and hit the range and be like, okay, I need to just work on fundamentals today. Because the last time I shot, I could tell by looking at my groups, looking at the you know, my groups that I've been shooting, and it's like, that's not my best work. Something's yeah. going up going on. You're not so squeezing. you have to go back. You gotta go back and go yeah. really fucking slow and just reprogram all the fundamentals because mm-hmm. once you get those reprogrammed in your brain then you can start shooting a little bit faster. Yep. Then you can start moving around and doing all these other things mm-hmm. and all the, the fun, cool guy stuff that you see on Instagram and YouTube and all that yeah. shit where they're only posting their best days, but I digress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things where you, you do have to constantly go back and reprogram your fundamentals and know what a good solid trigger squeeze is mm-hmm. and actually see it hit where you want it to hit and Con- be like, that's how it's supposed to feel. Yeah. And then you do it again. And then you do it again. Yeah. And then you do it again. And you do it again. You do it until it's so fucking boring and you're like, okay, I think I'm good mm-hmm. now. And then you do it a couple more times. Yeah. Just to make sure. I like specifically remember when I like got a grasp on like that's fundamentals. I'm getting them. Yep. Because when I first started, you know, it's I I would come home so exhausted, you know, four or five hours out in the range in the sun. It was like 
all these things you're trying to do, you know, you're trying to line up your sights, trying to make sure you're holding it correctly, you know, your where your finger is on the trigger, you know, all these things, all the fundamentals, squeezing it, not slapping it, not dipping it, you know, breathing. down to your stance, yeah, your breathing, where your feet are positioned, where are your shoulders, where are your hips, all of this while also firing 15 rounds in 30 seconds. Yep. You know, it's like I it, it would be so exhausting and I was trying so hard, but I would I still was learning. I was just in the process. But I remember like specifically when I went out and I it was just the first couple shots, went and looked at it and I was like, ugh. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I think I um, have a little too much finger in the trigger well. Um, I wasn't thinking squeeze, 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 squeeze. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about something else and realizing, like being able to Mm self-correct. I remember when I finally got that, went and applied those things. I was like, oh shit, there it is. And like being able to, and I'm still learning, um, Rifle specifically, I still need some work on when it comes to self-correcting. I'm still trying to figure stuff out. Pistol was the primary thing I learned first and what I really needed to focus on. What's your primary weapon? Yes. So you need to learn that first. Yes. You know? In the Army, it's completely different. Our primary weapon is an M4. Yeah. If you're an infantryman, you know, that's your primary weapon. So that's what yeah. you qual with mm-hmm. first. You do that shit in basic training. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So, yeah, once I started gaining that confidence and understanding what all these fundamentals were that were being thrown at me and actually being able to, like, yeah, slow it down and realize. And and it just takes time on the range. Lots of lots of rounds, lots of hours. Yep. And dry firing. Dry firing Over is and Jor- over. Jordan and I talked about that when we were yes. talking. It's like dry firing is huge because it's free, you know, after you buy the gun. Get that in you your know, buy hands. the gun and then you get that thing in your hands and you just learn what a learn good trigger, trigger squeeze feels like. You can focus on squeezing that trigger. You can focus on, did I dip that barrel? And mm-hmm. you can just look at your form and shoot without shooting. Mm-hmm. You can do that shit in your house. As long as you 100% double check, triple oh, check, quadruple yes. check, make sure your weapon's clear before you do anything inside your, your fucking house and else. put yes. a bullet some in Somewhere in your house or through some somebody. So I always make sure you're clearing your weapon before you do any sort of dry firing that you think is dry. Yeah, there's no such thing as AED, just ND. No. Yeah, exactly. I've heard that a couple different times. Like That's a term that um, cops use that we never use in the military. You guys, Not all of them. I've actually heard ND. Yeah, some, I've heard it a couple times where they say, oh, yeah, he AD'd. It's like, AD? Like, yeah. Accidental, For anybody, yeah. Accidental discharge. And I'm like, there's no such thing as an accidental discharge. Like, And I... I heard a couple times. I've seen a couple times. Like, what do you mean? Like, they accidentally fired the weapon. Like, there's no such thing. It's mm-hmm. only an ND. Negligent. That's what we use in the the term we use in the military. There's no such thing as an AD. It's only an NDs, which is negligent discharge. Every single person that takes it, grabs a gun should know if that thing is loaded or unloaded. Mm-hmm. It's their responsibility. If that gun goes off, it's not going to go off by itself. If it nope. goes off. It's because of negligence. A bullet's 100%. not going to accidentally end or, up in there. Yeah, or it's on purpose. Mm-hmm. Either on purpose or negligence. Yes. None of the above. There's no nothing else. There's no other conversation mm-hmm. to be had. You didn't clear that weapon and you pulled the fucking trigger and it went yep. off. Yep. That's your fucking fault. Yes. I And at the beginning, oh, I would check that thing. I would dry fire 50 times, set it down, go grab something to drink, come back. I'd check it again. Like I mean, I was so... I was still getting comfortable with the weapon mm-hmm. and everything like that. And I was like, yeah, I'm never going to, 
you know, we've heard stories. We've had people we know. It's like, oh, yeah, I had an AD. It's like, yeah, there's no such thing. It's like, why did that happen? Mm-hmm. What did you not do? Right. What? Yeah. It's I've like, seen people ND in clearing barrels in, in the Army. So Really? Yeah, when we had, uh, whenever we'd go through ranges or, you know, honestly, even when we were, when we were in Afghanistan, when we were, when we were in Afghanistan in our fobs and bases and shit, we always walked around with our, we, we went everywhere with our weapons, mm-hmm. you know, obviously chow everywhere. You never know when you're going to, yeah. when you're going to get attacked, but we'd always walk, walk around. We called it, uh, Amber status. So red status is magazine in the gun, bullet in the chamber, right? Ready to rock. Ready to rock. Round, round the chamber, ready to rock. That's red. Um, Amber was magazine in the weapon, no round in the chamber. That's how we walked on the base. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have it around the chamber, but we had our magazines in. So when we'd leave to go back on go on mission, we'd all go red. Like once we once you leave the wire, once you leave base, mm-hmm. we'd go red. So we'd rack around, have our weapons red, ready to go. Then when we came back from mission, we'd have to stop our vehicles at the EC, the you know the ECP, the entrance to mm-hmm. the base, and there'd be these red clearing barrels full, fifty five gallon drums full of sand. We have to stick our barrel in that, drop the magazine, clear the weapon, put the magazine back in. I've seen dudes just stick their weapon in there, watch the live round come out, okay, squeeze the trigger off, boom. It's like, well, now you're getting written up. It's an ND. You get a counseling statement at minimum. So so what were they? They just would get in a hurry about just it? Just get in a hurry, and they wouldn't drop yeah. the mag. So they pull the, you know, oh, they pull, they the they pull back, watch the live round go, and they go, okay, then let, let it go, squeeze the trigger off, because you have to squeeze the trigger to prove mm-hmm. that's unloaded and that's how you have it you always have the trigger forward too like the um firing pin forward Mm -hmm. so you pull the trigger click good to go but then i've seen people fucking all right boom 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 oh fuck fuck it's embarrassing oh i bet i've never done it i've never had an nd yeah i have not either i never planned to i know a lot of people that have yeah. And it's embarrassing. <laughs> I've heard some stories. I yeah. Give, I always give him shit. Like, you're a fucking Oh, yeah. Idiot. I'm not. I never. You're an idiot. I've only heard a couple, but I'm never like, oh, well. Like, it happens like, you fucking idiot. Like, I hope you mm-hmm. learn from it. Like, thank God something worse didn't happen. Yeah. Besides a hole in your fucking. Yeah. If I were to ever ND, it would never be like, oh, well, shit happens. Big. Yeah. God, I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. Fuck, Ash, I'm so sorry. I blew a fucking hole in our, in our roof. I don't know. Oh, yeah. God, that'd be embarrassing. No, but learning firearms has been a lot of fun, and it's fun continuing to learn. Um, yeah, it's definitely a world I know you're happy I got into. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah for my shooting. for my birthday, something that I think a yep. day you waited for. I wanted, I wanted a, a compact to conceal carry with. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh. I know what you want. I'm on it. I know what you want. I've been looking at this for a long time. You don't care if who you're buying a gun for. As long as guns are getting bought, I don't care. So I don't care. Yeah, and that was a lot of fun. And Charlie got to watch me open it and she was excited for me and everything. And so yeah, concealed carry is something I'm excited um to get into more. Um, you know, it's it's hard in the summertime for females. You know, I wear shorts and tank tops. Yeah, right. There's not many places to hide even really small weapons. So um yeah, but mm-hmm. as we get into winter and everything, I'm excited to do that more and yeah, just get comfortable with it. Y'all fucking bitches need to wear more clothes. 
You're just jealous. Lose your clothes. <laughs> we can get yeah. away with it. <laughs> I know. A little bit. Yeah. But no. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I don't know. So what? what uh, explain what the gun was. Do you remember? That you got me for my birthday? Yeah. It's a 9 mil. It's mm-hmm. subcompact. Mm-hmm. And it is a... Springfield? Hellcat. Yeah. There we go. Double stacked barrel mag. Holds... Whoa. Double stacked magazine. Double stack magazine, yes. Yeah. Yep. What did I say? Double stack barrel mag. That doesn't make any sense. I didn't say barrel. Yeah, you didn't. We'll did replay not. it. We will. Why don't you guys tell us? Anyways, it's a double stack. Yep. So I think, what does it hold? 12 rounds, I think. Is uh, it 13? We, we have two different magazines. We have one that holds. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have one that holds, I think it was 12, and the other one holds 15. No, there's not one that holds 15. Pretty sure the larger one holds 15. No. It's in there on the nightstand. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to look. And I've only actually got to take it Go out. Sh- I've only shot it once, but so I haven't got yeah. as familiar with it. But it's a nice little gun. Is it up here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a nice gun. Those are really, really slick little guns, honestly. They're really smooth shooting for how small they are. There right, she is. She's yeah. got it. She got it now. The trigger pull is definitely different on this. Well, it's because it's a it's a compact meant to be, meant to be you know concealed carry and everything else, and it doesn't have an external safety. So the trigger pull is very long and pretty stiff. Yep, clearing it. Make sure it's not fucking don't ND. Twelve. Okay. And ten. Ah, fuck. <laughs> it's my gun. All I right, should know. Twelve and ten. Twelve and ten. Yeah. All right, well, we but, still, yeah, we still said nice. double stack barrel mag. I did not. <laughs> Unless it's the freaking wine talking. Yeah, we are drinking some super nice wine. This tonight. is our first night together in quite some time. I yeah, think. we don't we don't get to fucking get weird tonight together <sighs> and have fun. You, you, usually it's just you watching me drink and... Yeah, working third to, shift all go, weekend. You go to work. Go to work at 11, get off at 7 in the morning. You're leaving for work. Yeah, we've been kind of opposite all week, so. Let's see this little bastard. It's a good little gun. Yeah. I've I've carried I actually haven't carried it on my person yet. Um I've carried it with me in like my backpack and shit like that, but Yeah, honestly the the, the sights on it are pretty nice pretty nice too. I do like the sights yeah. on it. So it's got a I think it's a tritium front sight post. So it's uh glow in the dark, if mm-hmm. you will. The rear sight's not tritium, though. It's just got that U, that U rear sight. I like sight. that, though. I do, too. Honestly, I, like, it, we're, we're shooting it, and uh, I really enjoy it. That U, It's weird because it's the Glocks, the factory Glocks are... The if you square. Don't get, if you don't get, yeah, if you don't get the tritium night sights on the factory Glocks, it's just the rear sight is a square. So, like, that's pretty neat. It lines them up perfectly. But for some reason, I... That almost, U, I like it. I almost feel like that U is... It's not too shitty because the the... Front sight is round, it's circular, obviously. So it fits right in that unit. It's, I don't know, it's a pretty slick little gun. It's got the front serrations on it, so you can rack it easier from the front and the back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, it, sometimes it's nice to do it from the front and the back. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know what you're saying, honey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited yeah. to take it out and shoot it more and get more comfortable with it and use it as a primary conceal. Well, because we... um. We can uh, mo. I think all of the deputies they second carry. Um, they have one on their ankle as well as the one on their duty belt, and so 
in order to do that, we can use our own weapons, but we have to qual with them. So I need to yep. take this out and shoot shoot some rounds through it, get comfy with it, and yeah, honestly, when it comes to subcompacts and triggers, they're usually pretty fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. so this Hellcat has got for a subcompact's got a really nice trigger because yeah, it's brother, got huh? Your brother got the same one, right? Yep. Yeah, you guys got them the same day. Yep. Um, the one thing about about it is like explain the trigger. It's kind of so it's got a little play in the beginning. What is that? I don't know. Half an inch, maybe of play. Maybe. Maybe of play, and then it's just, and then it hits a wall. And you yep. feel it. Feel it hit that wall. And then after and there's, that, there's no there's no creep. No. So in a lot of guns, like Glocks and stuff, they have mm-hmm. a little bit of creep on them. With this thing, you hit that wall, you squeeze it back, and you hit that wall, and it just goes. It's just there's right no there. no creep. And then the reset is all the way back exactly where that mm-hmm. wall where it's at. Yep. Same spot every time, and it fucking there's like virtually virtually no creep on it. Yeah, I'd say. Really nice yep, gun. I like it. A, I like it a lot. I'm a huge fan. Honestly, I've been, I've been, I've become a pretty big fan of Springfield's. Yeah. Um, they've been coming out with some pretty good shit. Like the Springfield Waypoint 2020 is a rifle. I think they only make it in six five Creedmoor and three oh eight Winchester now. Right now, um, that's supposedly a fucking super badass rifle. Mm. Shooting hey, half I half will. MOA. I'm in I the think, market. So. For a bolt action? No. I think so. I am. Yeah, you are. So I can take it hunting. Yeah. What are you going to hunt with it? What's the first thing you want to kill with it if you get one? Elk? Deer? (laughs) Fucking kudu? I don't know. Kudu. (laughs) Oh, the kudu. The gray ghost. Yeah, we went to Africa with the working class guys. (laughs) Yes. What an amazing experience. But we, uh, we were spooked by the kudu. Yep. The gray ghost. They ghosted, ghosted us, us. Some fucking <laughs> multiple times. Never been ghosted so many nope. times in my life. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, if you go to Africa with the working class guys, it's gonna be a, it's bow hunting. Yeah, man, couldn't even get him with a rifle. The first day, didn't see shit. Like all fucking morning, not kudu animals. No, we didn't see nothing. <laughs> Everybody came back for lunch. Like, oh my gosh, the giraffes. No, no, no. The... First day. Yeah. First day we shot the Impala. Yeah. Before lunch. Yeah. But everybody right came before lunch. Though. I know, but at oh, lunch, everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, we saw the giraffes and go the to, monkeys." I was going to go and shoot in the Impala and then talk about that. Oh, go ahead. But yeah, <laughs> we just shot the yeah the first day. We didn't see shit, and then we shot the Impala, and then we went to lunch, and then yeah, then everybody saw all these African animals, and I remember I was so jealous. I was like, "What?" And they were yeah. showing me all these videos and these pictures. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, "We saw nothing until we saw an Impala." And then and, I shot it. And we, on the way back, we're like, oh my gosh, I bet we're the first one to get an animal. Like, we're in the first five hours of tough. the first day. Everybody got an Apollo that yeah. day. Everyone else killed by like 10. Yeah, before. we were like one of the last, actually. Like, fuck. This shit sucks. No, I'm just kidding. No. It did not then we suck. realized awesome. Impala everywhere yeah. there. You shot a good one. Yeah, it was good. It was I'm, the second biggest yeah, group, I think. I think it was a good one to shoot first few hours of the first day. Yeah. Definitely. The thing is, um, we didn't see... We didn't have all the action that all the other people, all the other guys had. Like, they were, they were coming back every, every fucking day. Like, we saw a dress, this, that, and the other. We saw all this shit. Zebras. And I'm like, we didn't see fucking dog shit besides what we did see. 
they were like all shooters. Yeah. You didn't see a whole when lot. When we of saw games. an animal, it was game on. Yeah. Chris was there and he's like, all right, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Oh, shit. That's a good one. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Like, they're all shooters. Everything I was, that we saw. I, I, I shouldn't say everything we saw. We saw a lot of shooters. Yeah. We didn't see very many things. A lot of the other people were seeing a lot of different animals, but a lot of them, some of them weren't, a lot of them weren't shooters and. Or just not anything they were hunting. Or not anything they were hunting. It's like, we shot a fucking Impala the first day. Shot Niala the second day. And we we saw a lot actually that day. The second day yeah, we saw Yeah, the first day we saw the least, except for the last two days when we were really chasing that kudu. But I remember yeah. kind of giving him shit because what the first couple days we weren't seeing very many just animals. But the ones we were seeing, you shot and everything like that. And they were good shooters. And I'm like, are you guys planning this? Like, are you behind the corner? Like, okay, it's almost lunchtime. Release the Niala. Yeah. Like, I was halfway convinced that that's what was going on. I'm like, do you guys have some kind of system here? Yeah, that's why. But then we were. That's why I'm the only one that has service. Yeah, but then we were quickly slapped with the reality that that's not what happens. No, and you know these, we these, we chase those kudu yeah. and these are wild animals in Africa. Yes, they are. And mm-hmm. so yeah, after the second day, it is wild. We shot that impala. Shot the Niala, and we were only there for three animals because mm-hmm. what we were going after were a little bit more expensive. There is they they had a they have a package Springfield Springfield oh, <laughs> Pringle Stuart Pringle Pringle Safaris Spring, Spring Stuart Pringle. Yeah. Anyways, Pringle Safaris has a five animal five thousand dollar package. We were like, oh, the five thousand dollars is nice, but what if I just do? three mm-hmm. more like extravagant animals mm-hmm. so that's what we ended up doing and uh yeah the fucking after the second day we're like shit we're gonna be done day three and we're gonna be fucking getting oh, drunk, I was, kind of partying on all day all I had night our days planned i was like i'm gonna sleep in and then we're gonna go because the we should back up for the people that don't, you know, haven't listened to the working class episode or any of those yeah we, we went to africa and it was the most amazing experience i've ever experienced Mm -hmm. and i've told people when i explain africa i'm like you could have arguably taken out all of the hunting Mm -hmm. and the accommodation and the hospitality was better than our honeymoon and we went to a resort in viramea mexico and it was the best thing we've ever done Mm -hmm. so yeah i had these days like playing i'm like oh my gosh these animals we're gonna be done we're gonna go we can just go hang out in blinds and see all these animals um we're not hunting anything we can come and go as we please Mm mm-hmm and then, and then the kudu. Then we're hunting kudu. It's like, okay, <laughs> now we're on a kudu. This is going to be great. And then we just got our fucking dicks kicked in. Well, yeah, we were to the point where we weren't even sitting in. in the nice blinds anymore. Because the blinds there in Africa, you know, they the hospitality there is completely unmatched from any place I've ever experienced. Down to when they, when they take us out to the blinds in the morning. And they've got a cooler packed with water, soda, beer, snacks. Um, and, you know, the first day... You shot the Impala before lunch, and we went out, saw the Impala, took pictures with it, and we were coming back to the blind, and we were celebrating. We're like, well, let's have a beer, and we'll go back to the lodge for lunch, and we're like, oh, we got to grab all of our stuff from the blind, because we had our backpacks, the camera set up, and you know our little nest in there, because they're very nice blinds. Mm-hmm. Concrete. Some of them had tiled floors, you know, couch in there you sit on. Yeah, they're not shitty. But we were like, we got to grab our stuff from the blinds. And they were like, nope, we have it all packed up for you, ready to go in the truck. Like, they went in there, swooped through, grabbed all our stuff in, in a very nice manner. And, um, yeah, just completely 
unmatched for hospitality. Yeah. But we were chasing that kudu so hard that we gave up those nice blinds and went to pop-up blinds. <laughs> yeah. And He set those pop-up blinds up in spots where there were kudu because he knew that we all, all of us originally wanted kudu. Mm-hmm. Only one of us got a kudu. Old Doug. But, old Dougie. <laughs> but uh, we all had kudu on our list. So he went in there and he set up some pop-up blinds for in kudu spots, spots where they've seen kudu. And still great blinds. Well, they were great. They weren't bad, but uh, just wasn't wasn't. I was so scared of snakes. Yeah. When we went, when we switched the pop up blinds, I have a very unhealthy fear of snakes that I'm working on. But going, no, you're not. I am, and I have progressed. <laughs> I no longer have. You a can borderline. say the word snake. Yes. Good job. And if one comes on the TV, I'm not shut down for the rest of the night. No, but you're shutting your eyes. Well, yeah, that's still progress. Yeah, don't take that from me. It's like it's, it's yeah. It's like you've, don't take as that. If you're, give me some, give you're, me some props here. Okay, you've gotten better. Yes, thank you. So we went to these pop-up blinds, and that's all I could think about because you know we're out there in the in the other blinds. You know, we had we had a steel door on there. We're cemented in. You'd see if one was coming in. Got three little windows, you know, and then when we switched. Especially all those freaking lizards, the geckos and everything. Because mm-hmm. when we were in that one blind by the skinning shack, I was I had my chair. So was, I, I sat differently from... gecko heaven. Huh, I sat differently from Jacob and our PH Chris because I was filming everything. And so actually in the first pop-up blind, they had to cut a hole for me at the on one of the spots so I could stick the camera out of it and get ready to film it if something came in. But where that chair had to sit was um Mm -hmm. where that chair had to sit i was actually on a slope so i was sitting crooked but i would rest my head against the tree that was right there i'm like oh this this will be okay what was it the the afternoon i think when we were out there there's freaking lizards crawling on the street well i can't use it as a headrest anymore and yeah then the lizards got pretty a lot of fucking lizards out there Mm -hmm. we didn't see a single snake though no i know that um leela and eric they saw one when they were tracking one day. She oh, told, they did? She told me about it. I was like, stop. Mm-mm. I don't want to hear about it. Because, you know, the couple times that you and Chris took off on foot stalking, and I'd be following you guys with the camera, I just knew. I'm like, if I'm looking out for them, I'm going to see one. Mm-hmm. So I just need to focus on filming them, watching them through the screen, and making sure I don't trip over anything. But well, yeah. basically, I was trying not to even look at the ground. Yeah, because... Um- where we lived before our last acreage, you would be looking for snakes. And you've seen snakes in some weird fucking spots. I've never seen snakes. I saw them every time I on mowed. That, on, that, on that acreage. I grew up there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I see them in the trees. I'm like, I don't, I think you're you fucking making it up. But Justine saw the same one, though, maybe, in that tree by, out by the maybe. shooting range. I've never looked in trees for snakes. And you're like, looking around <laughs> everywhere. Like, yeah. where the fuck are the snakes at? If you're on the lookout it's, for them, you'll see them. And that's why when people have unhealthy fears, they see that everywhere that's why you just gotta confront it grab a snake so there's with your bare step. hands i don't know if you know this but there's, bites there's fucking steps head off. to getting over something yeah justin did in new mexico when we were in hunt Wars. and i'm so he happy fucking for ate him. A snake. i know i'm very proud of him yeah now don't good. compare my progress to I'm somebody else you, you gotta eat a snake i gross that's you disgusting. Go get i can't a gardener eat a snake ew you're disgusting fucking eat it no i have come so far so i admitted 
I, I've gotten way past that. That's like the first step, admitting you have a problem, right? Yeah, but if you don't do anything to fix it, then you're not really... I doing. have. I haven't, been, I haven't watched you watch a single snake show. No, but remember when we first started dating, yeah. Young Puppy Love, and we watch Vikings all the time, and there'd be a snake on there. I'd shut down for the rest of the episode. I was done. Not watching TV anymore. Couldn't sit on the couch. Freaked the fuck out. Now, a snake yeah. comes on. I'm irritated. I'm like, you go, fuck. Why don't you just fucking tell me? And then that's it. That's the end of it. That's yeah. called progress. It's called progress. Slow. Nobody said Are it had to be fast. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just saying. Grab a snake. No. When I'm ready. Kill it. <laughs> so we're about to go to Kentucky next month. And um, that's where I grew up for about 10 years of my life. And there's snakes everywhere down there. And they're all fucking poisonous. We had a fenced-in backyard in a like a subdivision, like a little cul-de-sac. Fenced-in backyard and our black lab was bit in those years by a copperhead and a rattlesnake. Like, snakes are prevalent down there. You don't... They're everywhere and they're all poisonous. Well, anyways, um, I was telling Charlie about a picture that Grandma Stacy had, my mom. Um, there's a place, a snake pit. It's It's by all the little gift shops by the Natural Bridge, which is a big hiking national park area there. And there's a place called the Snake Pit. And I remember going in there as a kid, but you can also hold snakes there. But, like, we're not talking, like, a little snake. We're talking, like, you know, 17-foot yellow pythons. Yeah. And so I, Charlie and I were driving over to Mason the other day. And I'm like, hey, you should FaceTime Grandma Stacy and ask her to pull that picture out of her old Bible. Because she's always kept it in the same spot. So Charlie called her and she's like, I'm supposed to ask you to show me a picture out of your Bible of a snake. <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah. So she did. She went and found her this Bible. She keeps It's an old Polaroid picture, but it's my mom and one of um, my childhood friends. And I'm not in it. I don't know where I was. I was really young then. I think I was like four or five. But yeah, she's got a big old yellow python that they're holding. Took two of them to hold it. Yeah, your mom's not scared of snakes. No, she never has been. Yeah. She gets just she gets more mad at me for being scared of him than you. So anyways, we're going to go there next month. I will be sitting in the parking lot and <laughs> nobody's going to touch me after they come out of there. But Charlie is so gung. She's like, I was like, after seeing the picture, I asked her, like, do you want to hold one of those? She's like, yeah, I do. I'm like, that big, you won't be. She's like, uh, and I always tell her, I don't want you to be scared of them just because I am. She never has been. She's one of those kids where if you're scared of something... She's going to do everything in her power to not be so she can like, just rub in your face. Right. Like, you're Which, weak. Yeah, that's great. Oh, well, yeah. I tell her. I'm like, don't be an idiot like me and be scared of them because mm-hmm. it's stupid. It's stupid. Um, I had a PL, a platoon leader. He got bit by a rattlesnake in, oh, in the field. The baby one. Yeah, he fucking... Tell that uh, story. He was, we were in the field and when we were... In, so I, I was stationed in El Paso and we were, do a lot of uh, training in New Mexico. There's fucking rattlesnakes everywhere. Like Justin saw it when we went down there for mm-hmm. the hunt wars. There's fucking rattlesnakes everywhere. Um, we were on the field doing our shit. And he was giving himself a baby white bath, rubbing down, you know, out doing field shit. And he threw his jacket on the ground. And he didn't shake it off before he put it back on. And he put it back on. And he's like, oh, what the fuck? And he shook his sleeve. And a baby rattlesnake fell out of his sleeve. And right when it hit the ground, he said he was just like, and he went down. Mm. And they had to rush in the hospital. And it took him months to recover. I remember months. you saying that he described it as having a Charlie horse throughout his entire body. Yeah. 
Yep, when he woke up, because he was unconscious. Like, he was going in and out of unconsciousness, and I think, I'm pretty sure our platoon sergeant rode back with him to the hospital, and he was like, and he, he's a big black guy, and he's just on top of him, like, fucking slapping the face, like, stay awake, sir, stay with me, stay with me. They slap him in the face as hard as he can. That's serious shit. Yeah. Well, isn't it? They took when- him back, and fucking, he was, he's good to go, but he stayed in the hospital for quite a while, and it took him, I want to say, it was like, fucking, oh, oh like a year before he was back to like normal. That's crazy. Well, I think it was you that told me during that story that baby rattlesnakes are worse to get bitten by because yeah. adult rattlesnakes, they, they strike and that's it. And they're, yep. they're retreating, but baby ones don't know that. And so they strike and they lash on. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I've heard uh conflicting information about that. Whether baby rattlesnakes are in fact more dangerous than adult rattlesnakes, but I still like to think they are. But some some people say no, they're not. They have smaller venom sacs, so they're not actually mm, putting out as much venom. In. As much, they're, it's probably about equal, is what they say. But it's more detrimental to a baby rattlesnake's health than an adult rattlesnake because oh, fuck them. the fucking baby rattlesnake <laughs> will dump like its whole load into a person. An adult rattlesnake won't dump its whole load. But how do rattlesnakes eat? They fucking strike, poison, then eat, mm-hmm. right? So, be a rattlesnake dumps its whole load into a person and fucking they slither off. Now they don't have any, a weapon to kill like oh. mice and shit in order to eat. And it takes a fucking long time for their venom to reproduce in their jaws. Mm-hmm. So, they, a lot of times they die. Because they don't, they starve to death or whatever else. Because it takes a long fucking time for that venom to come back. See progress. I'm talking about snakes right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but the thing is, it's also interesting about rattlesnakes is that their venom sacs are in their jaw. So you cut their head off, and they'll they're still doing this, like snapping at you. And if it gets you, you're fucked. You're still. You're fucked because there's still, there's still venom and it's not the venom's not in their body it's in their it's in their jaws. See, so, so you cut their head off, it still bites you. You're still getting venomed. Yeah. So you're fucked. So you so probably you gotta, like, stomp its head out or something. Since we're on this topic, you need to tell the story about when you're in Afghanistan with Joe. Oh, yeah. So uh, infantry in Afghanistan yep. getting shot at all the time. Yeah. So we were in Afghanistan and we were on a pretty. Uh, a pretty large mission, we'll say. And we were, we got in a bit of a firefight and everything. And we ended up moving off of where we're at to some, uh, they're animal pens. Like we call them animal pens, but they're, yeah, it's basically an animal pen where they keep like goats and sheep and shit and just a little walled off area. And we got in these animal pens for cover. Um, you know, you know, obviously where, where, where we were at, we had no cover. We have these animal pens to get cover and fire back. Can you continue on with the firefight? And, uh, there's a little lull in the battle. I have my back up against this wall and the, the animal pens, they're like, it's like bricked, like a brick wall around. And when I say brick, I mean like really hard mud bricks mm. with mud um, mortar, if you will, but it stops bullets and it's good cover. But, uh, there's holes in between and stuff, you know, too. Anyways, I have it back against this, this wall and there's a fucking viper like slithering through the walls in and out of the cracks. 
But you didn't know that, right? I didn't know that. It was dark. It was mm-hmm. just starting to get dark. And uh, Sergeant Sar- Sar- Williams, Joe Williams, he fucking was sitting there. And, man, yeah, the snake was slithering around. He told me, he's like, hey, Johnson, get up. I'm like, what? He's like, get up slowly. Don't don't go too fast. So I get up. And I'm like, what the fuck? What, what's up? And he shines his light. And he's like, look at that. There's a fucking viper, like, right where my head was at. I'm like, holy shit. Then we proceed to kill, and he's. I think I'm pretty sure he cut his head off with the K bar. I'll say I remember you saying he got out something, cut his head yeah. off. But yeah, in the middle of the a Marine firefight, Corps, Marine Corps, <laughs> Marine Corps, fucking K bar. So yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it was, it was during a lull in battle, so we weren't taking fire at the time. But still, it was one of those things where it's like, man, how embarrassing would that be? Like we're in the middle of this big battle, and then they call on a fucking medevac to get me out, and they're like, oh, what's his wounds? Like he got bit by a snake. <laughs> like fuck. They'd be like, well, fuck that dude. Because those are, I mean, those are absolutely deadly bites. Right. Viper. I, yeah. I don't know if they're more venomous than a, like a diamondback, but I probably would have died if I got bit by that snake. Good old Joe. So He'll be on here at some point. It's so fucking embarrassing. Yeah, he, he will. Joe's a good dude. He's a great dude. That was so fucking embarrassing. I'm like, my <laughs> last dying words were like, someone just shoot me. <laughs> Just tell my, so they tell my family. Know. Tell my family I died honorably. Like <laughs> we're gonna tell him he got bit by a snake. And you're, you're fucking. Oh. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, enough about snakes. Yeah, enough about snakes. Yeah. I think that's pretty much about it that we wanted to cover today. Yeah. Um, this is fun. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to pump out your fucking socials and shit. That's just victory drive stuff um so i'm on facebook ashley johnson mm-hmm. i'm on instagram i have no idea what it is on there i'd have to look i don't know i'm jacob johnson's wife it's ashley maxine i know tiktok i'm ashley maxine yeah, i'm pretty sure you're on instagram too am i well there so. you go that's what it is ashley comes from that's what charlie she couldn't say my name it was because i'm her stepmom mm-hmm. so it was always ashley <laughs> so that kind of always stuck that's me now it's ashley yeah, I'll never forget that day when the the L came into play. We were playing Go Fish yep. in the it's old your turn, house. Ashley. What? Yeah, I I had tears in my eyes. I was it's like, sad. "Holy shit, this is it's the sad. end." This is it. She still calls me it like every now and every then. once in a while. Yeah, yeah. she knows that it's a sentimental name. Yeah. She... Well, it was in our vows. I did vows mm. to Charlie during our wedding, and I said, "I think my Ash we." I phrased, "I'm like, you know, you were one of the best gifts to me, becoming your Ash we." Mm-hmm. You know, so, but yeah, so sweet. TikTok, I'm just starting to get into. I mean, obviously, I've been on it for a long time. Like anybody who got TikTok, you get that mm-hmm. unhealthy addiction to it for a while. But I just started making videos man. on it after Africa. Is when I was like, you know what? Like, you can make some pretty sweet videos on here. Yeah. So I made some well, Africa ones. And- oh yeah, because you fucking recorded the whole time in Africa. Yeah, that was pretty dope. Yeah, that was fun. I. It's actually made me think that maybe I can uh, weather the Iowa winters with you just to go out yeah. and film them. But the only thing I'm nervous about, and I start think, with fall. Well, it's because <laughs> <laughs> there's been multiple winters where you don't get anything till the last hour mm-hmm. of the last day. That's a lot of days to sit on the cold for you not getting anything. In Africa, yeah. we were getting something a lot. Well, the first two days and the last day. Yeah, last, but it, last... it wasn't negative temperatures. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I can but deal it with also heat. was the the last couple hours of the hunt. That's your mo. That's what you do on hunts. Uh, that's what I do. You hold Gotta out to the very last minute. Sometimes. Gotta milk it. 
for every last drop. Yeah. You're good for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been great. Yeah, this has been fun. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, Signing off here. What's your sign-off? This is my sign-off. Yeah, let's hear it. it. All right. Stay strapped or get clapped. (laughs) You like that? Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Okay.